0: Welcome to BYU Sports Station, everyone, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside Jerem Jordan. Or should I call you Jayton Jordan or Jerome
1: Jordan? Yeah, last night someone on Twitter called me Jayton, J-A-T-O-N. I had never heard that one. That's a new one. Which I applaud the creativity. (laughs) I really appreciate that. Speaking of creativity, did you hear about Tim Schloss, a.k.a. Slick Nick, a.k.a. Jimmer Fredette, going undercover at walk-on tryouts yesterday? If you missed it, We'll show it to you later. If you already saw it, it's hilarious. He wears a fat suit and gets some buckets. BYU versus Wyoming tomorrow. We've got you covered in game day guarantees and game notes and our fantasy football picks. Will I actually win one week this year? We'll find out why I'm about to go 0-4 in a huge volleyball match tomorrow with BYU and Pepperdine, both in the (laughs) top 20, and why it's bigger than just the match for Heather Olmstead. But first, let's get after it. It's Friday with some headlines.
0: Yeah, so happy Friday and a happy game day Eve. BYU hosting Wyoming tomorrow night. Lavelle Edwards Stadium, primetime. We know what that means for BYU over the last three years. A dub. A lot of wins. 10-15 p.m. Eastern time slated for kickoff. Two hours and 15 minutes before that at 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain. BYU Sports Nation game day gives you anything and everything you could possibly want to know to prepare you for the Cowboys and Cougars version 2022.
1: Sione Takitaki had three tackles in a Browns 29-17 win over the Steelers last night. They won three of five. But they had won three of the previous 21 against the Steelers. How about that? Taysom Hill and Daniel Sorensen with the Saints play the Panthers. Tyler Algiro's Falcons look to defeat my tanking Seahawks. The Niners with Fred Warner play at Denver. Let's ride on Sunday Night Football. Kyle Van Noy and the Chargers play the Jaguars. And Jamal Williams and the resurgent Lions take on the Skull of Minnesota.
0: 16th ranked BYU women's volleyball opens up West Coast conference play successfully with a three sets to none sweep of LMU led by Erin Livingston, rocking the BYU Sports Nation karma. She had 12 kills. I sent you down
1: 13. I missed by one.
0: Ah, you wanted the Baker's dozen. I love a Baker's yeah. dozen, dude. Whitney Bauer added 28 assists and eight digs in that BYU win. Now the Cougars get 17th ranked Pepperdine tomorrow, 3 Eastern, 1 Mountain on BYU TV and the BYU TV app. Coach Heather Olmstead going for her 200th win all time,
1: already. She has nine games to become the fastest coach in D1 history to do that. That's going to happen! Unbelievable! And perhaps tomorrow. Tonight, six new members will enter the BYU Athletic Hall of Fame. They are Rachel Nureen, Women's Golf, Lindsay Lizenby, Soccer, Miles Batty, Cross Country, Yvonne Perez, Men's Volleyball, Joanne Calderwood, Athletics, and Dennis Pita of football who will join us in the next segment. I believe it's Dustin. Dustin I believe it's Dustin. Cross country
0: tomorrow at the Cowboy Jamboree in Stillwater, Oklahoma. That sounds fun. Yes. Fourth ranked men's team will square off against 15 of the latest top 30 ranked teams. Number 7 BYU women's cross country will face 10 different ranked opponents. This is big time. This is big time track where they've had nationals
1: before. Yes, yes it is. Uh, Have you been to anything called a jamboree before? The Scout Jamboree? Yeah, in, in the uh, like Scouts Midway? Jamboree? Or Park City? When I was like 12, I don't know, 10? Yeah. <laughs> uh, have you been to a Jamboree that's not a good yes. time? When I was in pursuit of my Weeblos? Wee- hey, badge or Weeblos are endangered. We need to save the Weeblos. <laughs> Men's golf tees off at the William H. Tucker Intercollegiate this morning where the Cougars have won the tourney three of the last four years in Albuquerque, the land of enchantment.
0: Shout out to Swim and Dive. Season starts today, 4 Eastern, and what a way to start it against Utah in a relay meet at the Richards Building Pool, free admission to the public.
1: And another headline that I forgot that we need to mention, Tom Walk, a longtime BYU women's rugby coach, mm. stepping down, got a different job that's going to require more time for him. Won so multiple national championships. That team has repped really well off the field for BYU. As of October 10th, that'll be his last day. So shout out to uh, Tom Walker for a tremendous career.
0: Great stuff. Those are your headlines. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. Presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. Learn more at Bodyguards.com. Listen, there is power in numbers. And there are some things we are looking at as they relate to statistics and numbers to be watching for as BYU welcomes Wyoming for the first time in six years these teams will meet tomorrow night at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. So We'll go in-depth with our game notes, Jerem. And why not lead off with something that we've been talking about all week dealing with BYU success at night?
1: Okay, first game note. Shout-out to Nate Slack for this one. They do good work. Since 2019, BYU is 21-1 in games that kick at 6 or later local time. That's crazy. Okay, the Cougars are 9-10 in kickoffs before 6. You'd think, oh, well, those are probably a lot of P5 games, right? Nope, only three of those 10 are P5 games, um, and a lot of those lost. UAB, Boy State, Coastal Carolina, Hawaii, San Diego State, USF, Toledo. So, like quality G5s, but still, uh, BYU's got to win those. Only two of those 10 are at home before 6. Um, nine Of the nine wins, one and four versus ranked teams before 6. But, Saturday's game is after 6, so BYU's all but locked it up. The one loss... Was in 2019 to Utah. That was a very good Utah team that got ranked as high as five. So has BYU already won the game against <laughs> Miami before they've even played it?
0: Well, by the numbers, yes. you're telling me, yes. you're telling me that BYU has like a 96% chance of winning the game if it kicks after eight over the last. Which
1: few is years. an A in almost every class, that right? Is
0: unbelievable.
1: My Spanish class junior year, 96 was an A. What? So if you were late, you'd get two percent off your grade. So if I was late, I just wouldn't show up. But anyway, <laughs> BYU is the Georgia of of teams that play at night. It's crazy. you know what I mean. BYU's unbelievable. So has BYU won tomorrow already? Yes, BYU's already won the game.
0: Jeremy, I mean, 21 out of 22 games you've Incredible. won that when you kick after 6 p.m. Why would Local BYU time?
1: ever kick before six Seriously. at home outside of the SCF? Game, live on BYU TV.
0: 96%. That's unbelievable. And what you're telling me is if it kicks before 6, BYU's got essentially a coin flip. 50-50. We don't know. Well, uh, one, Are you can't worried about... help. one can't help but look ahead in the schedule, right?
1: Are you worried about Notre Dame? It
0: kicks before 6, local time. Mm-hmm. What is it, 4.30 Vegas time? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so just before 6, 50-50 game. But you know what? That feels like a 50-50 game anyway.
1: It does anyway. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm
0: not so much worried about that one. I am very interested to see what ESPN decides to do with Arkansas coming to Provo on hopefully, October fifteenth. Hopefully, at 15th Will that mountain. be
1: Big Twelve after dark with BYU hosting an SEC team? When we say Big Twelve, what we just mean is BYU. Yes, there's no other Big Twelve <laughs> team that's going to do this. They're the <laughs> westernmost new team, right? Yes, hopefully Arkansas is late. Liberty, we hope is late, but probably not because it's East Coast. Uh, East Carolina is a six Mountain start, so that's good. That's the cutoff, right? TBA for Boise State on November 5th, hopefully that's late too. Utah Tech is early, that's FCS, no worries. Stanford, I wonder if that'll be a Pac-12 network game late, we'll see.
0: Yeah, Thanksgiving weekend, maybe that's an afternoon kickoff, and maybe we're all talking about, uh (laughs) uh-oh, could get weird in Palo Alto.
1: Oh, sorry, Stanford,
0: California, because Stanford, California is a
1: thing. thing. Just okay. the campus? Is it like the Vatican at Stanford? Is that the deal? Is it just <laughs> Stanford, the campus? I don't know how that works.
0: I'm going to make everybody feel better about this game against Wyoming Do it, night. please. Okay?
1: So you talked do about we BYU's... need to feel
0: better? We feel pretty
1: good. Yeah.
0: BYU's dominance at night certainly is a thing. How about just overall at home? Okay. In the last three calendar years, regardless of kick time, mm-hmm. okay, regardless of kick time, BYU is 16-1 and one at home. It okay? doesn't the matter.
1: being Utah. No, it was Boise State.
0: So, three calendar years. Oh, you're saying So, we're going from September 23rd, I, I 2019, yep. to September 23rd, 2022. Three calendar years. Just Boise State. One loss, regardless of kick time, mm. in that span. And it was like against it. Boise State last I year. I like it. Okay, so, again, time of day. I know we focus a lot on that. How about overall, just BYU's really, really, really strong. Finally,
1: finally defending Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Like, I was pretty weirded out and obviously, 17's in an atrocity and an anomaly. Uh, whatever A word you want to say there. Then 2018 and 19, it's just, it's like, hey, defend home turf. It was a young BYU group that we're seeing blossom now in 2020, 21, 22. So I like that one. Okay, uh, game note number three. BYU's played Wyoming 78 times, spends most of any team not named Utah or Utah State. I did not realize that until recently. Cougars lead the series 45, 30, and 3. Yes, Wyoming has beaten BYU 30 times. That's because BYU doth stinketh. Prior to 72, quite a bit, okay? Uh, haven't lost to the Pokes since 03. Most recently, they played in the 2016 point Setty Bowl at that crappy stadium known as Qualcomm. It's <laughs> gone, Murphy, gone luckily now. It. Luckily, it was destroyed because that thing deserved to be destroyed. That was a 25-20 BYU dub. Of course, Josh Allen picked off by Kai Nakua. So this, this is a long-standing game. I do not believe that BYU is going to play Wyoming in 2024, as we've talked about which that was the original contract.
0: They'll buy out of that game.
1: BYU buys out of that game. I don't know the BYU plays Wyoming again for a while, or maybe at all. It just depends. Remember, we're about to go into the BYU is going to play 1G5 yes. a year, yes. probably, era in the Big 12.
0: Now, people say, why wouldn't BYU play Wyoming in 2024? It's the one group of five game, a win. A you already game. have
1: Nevada contracted as the opener at That's home. exactly That's right. Why. You've got an yeah. FCS team
0: already scheduled. You've got Nevada at home, and then... Hopefully Utah.
1: I think it's uh at Utah yeah. that year. Right. We so renew the series. BYU's probably feeling
0: like, yeah, it's been two years since BYU's played Utah. That's that's the big game. Or then is, you got Nevada, then you got FCS, and now you have nine Big Twelve games.
1: Is there another BYU big power five that may be the skip? There? Not that
0: I saw on no. FB schedule. No, it's just not. Utah. It's, it's at Utah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. That. That's why, like BYU, will have to pay probably a relatively small fee to get out of the Wyoming game, and I anticipate
1: they will do that. So this is the last. Well, I don't even know if they need a buyout because they did put in clauses if we go to a P five. Oh yeah, depending depending on maybe there's a buyout for that. Yeah,
0: depending on when that was put into place. Utah Tech
1: is the FCS at Utah and Nevada. Okay, so there you go. We know the three and
0: fun fact about BYU playing Wyoming going back all the way to 1922. We talked about how BYU's first ever win as a program.
1: I listened to behind the mic. Was a seven to nothing victory
0: against Wyoming. There you go. Crazy, right? I love it. Seven nothing victory against Wyoming in 1922.
1: Boney but, Fuller scored in that game. I think we talked <laughs> about <it> Tuesday. Yeah,
0: <laughs> they played twice that year, Jerem. Oh, interesting. Wyoming won the second game. I think 13 to seven. But they played twice in it's 1922. Seven
1: like against UCLA. They played <laughs> <laughs> That was
0: a vengeance match for the Pokes oh in 1922 gosh. after losing. To they B-1. rode horses to get to the game. Okay. Uh, now into some specific details as it pertains to what these teams do on the field, Jeremy. Oh yeah, that one. the fourth game note: Wyoming has a red zone scoring percentage of ninety-one point seven percent. Okay, so ninety-two percent, pretty good.
1: Now let's explain what red zone scoring is. If you get inside the twenty-yard line and you score, and
0: you kick a field goal or you score touchdowns, yes. then you are like essentially adding to your red zone scoring percentage. Overrated. Okay, yes, somewhat over. It's not so much about Wyoming. This is more for me about BYU. BYU's 69% red zone scoring percentage because they've had field goal struggles.
1: Not nice.
0: And have not been able to capitalize on those opportunities. Mm -hmm. So I am watching closely on Saturday night if BYU, when they get into the red zone, they can finish drives, and if Jake Oldroyd is coming out and converting on potential field goals, especially those short ones, because Jeremy he missed two in the Baylor game in the red zone.
1: Yes, his three misses in a row are between thirty and thirty-nine yards. Those are absolutely makeable. I would say anything inside of forty-five for Jake Older is like
0: it feels pretty it much. Feels like that. Pretty it feels pretty automatic. He's going to make
1: it until the last three. More into your number there. So of those nine scores, six are touchdowns. BYU's six um, is ninetieth in the country. Forty-six percent, one hundred thirteenth. Not good. BUI has – you don't have to get in the red zone to score a touchdown. Certainly, when you get there, you need to score a touchdown the majority of the time. I would say you need to be in the 80th percentile, you'd hope, um, in terms of touchdowns. Scoring, it's like, hey, how about it be 95%? Yeah, you could be – a field goal happens. You could be 100% red zone
0: scoring and Might. only
1: kick all field goals, and that's not good. It doesn't matter. Right? But BUI has scored five TDs outside the red zone, meaning you score 21-plus. Big two, play. Two of 50-plus, Puka Nakua, Christopher Brooks are those two. So – Hoping for more consistency inside the red zone. Okay, number five. BYU averaged 2.5 yards per carry the last two games versus ranked teams. That's not great. BYU put up 8.4 yards versus South Florida. I do not expect that number against a stingy Wyoming defense. I expect that BYU to split the difference there. Be about five yards per carry against Wyoming tomorrow.
0: Okay, five yards per carry. Yes. All right, we think that they're going to go 150-plus as a team, speaking of BYU. Yep. Right? Yep. So, if you have 30 combined carries – Five yards of carry, there's your 150. More explosion. Right there. Okay, just there will be the run
1: game.
0: hoping that we see an explosive play from either Chris Brooks or Lopini Coteau, just something yeah. behind that offensive line.
1: Yeah, is going to be like, oh, Wyoming's good, but this yeah. ain't Baylor or Oregon. Like, and, get it done. And to your point, stingy Wyoming
0: defense, we brought brought this up yesterday as well. Wyoming's giving up only 123 yards on the ground per opponent thus far.
1: That includes an Air Force game. Which is like, that's, that's kind of weird, yeah. right?
0: Yeah. Like, Air Force, typically you think, oh, they're going to run for 200-plus. Oh, 300-plus. <laughs> like, that's what they do. It's, it's Air Force. Yeah. Okay? Another interesting thing to watch, BYU's run game against that Wyoming front. Now, the final game note I'm going to present is back to special teams. I talked about some of the field goal um, inadequacies, especially in the red zone. The punt game, weirdly, has been weird like for guy, BYU. Like, Ryan Rico needs right. to
1: step it up here. It's,
0: it's been strange. I mean, BYU net punting a season ago, so good. 43 yards per punt net punting net season. Net meaning
1: ago. you kick and cover there. And
0: cover, yes. yeah. I mean, just one of the best teams in the country. AK, they don't coverage.
1: have a return typically.
0: Yes, because yeah. he's ripping off on average last season 48 plus yards per punt. This year, through three games, BYU's net punting average is 36.6 yards. And I know you say, well, it's only like six, seven yards difference. Like, how big of a deal is it? It's a big deal.
1: Yeah. Like, no, it's, field, it's, average it's, field position is a big we deal.
0: We point at BYU and Ryan Rico as being a weapon. Like, like he's so good at pinning opponents. I would say he could be rip, nuclear at times. Ripping off bombs of punts, right? No pun intended with the nuclear and the bomb. Okay. I think you meant. It. But 36.6 yards. I'd like to see that up towards 40, if not what it was a season ago, 42.8.
1: Yes, 39.9 is not good enough on his average as well. Long of 48, 050 plus, only two of the eight inside the 20. Weird. Ryan Rico's got to be better. Jake Olderhead's got to be better. always giving up a kick return for a touchdown. Special teams need to be special. Right now it's just a team. All right,
0: Jerem, let's keep this rolling. Game day guarantees. Uh, Yeah, with some some more numbers of sorts. We hope big
1: numbers from certain people on these guarantees. You've been good in game day guarantees. Hit me with three. All right, uh,
0: number one, Lopini Katoa will score a touchdown. He's been a group of five opponent killer.
1: We hope he's all-team killer. Lopini
0: Katoa, the G5 killer. Mm -hmm. He will get into the end zone. His impact will be felt tomorrow night. Number two, BYU will hold Wyoming to under 300 yards of total offense. Well, back to the first two games. Yes, like that. Trend will return, especially at home, at night, Lavelle Edwards. Stadium. I like
1: that you're saying it, because maybe it'll happen. Okay.
0: <laughs> Unlike 300 mine. yards or fewer of total yes. offense for Wyoming. And BYU will score 40-plus points. They go big time. I hope you offense. go three for
1: three. Yeah. I really do. Okay, here's what I've got. One, Christopher Brooks will rush for 70-plus. Right. I was going to say 100. I was feeling good on that, but I was like, mm, last two games have been a struggle. Let's go for 70. Well, Peeney's the
0: G5 killer, so maybe he gets <laughs> true, some more run, true. too.
1: Cougars cover. Okay. okay. BYU wins by 23-plus. All right. Whatever that number ends up being, right? Okay. And then Chase Roberts will score a touchdown. Chase Roberts will return to, uh, to get one. In this Back game. into the end zone. Because TBD on Puka and Gunner. Yeah, just, especially if those just, guys don't play. If those guys are out again, which honestly, I'm fine with them being out for this game. I would like to see them next week a tune-up for Notre Dame. Yes. Against Utah State. Yes. So those are my three that I will probably yeah. go one for three. Yeah,
0: Chase Roberts, Cody Epps, Keanu Hill, Braden Cosworth. They got it covered against Wyoming. Isaac Rex. Absolutely. Yeah. Our question of the day. What is your BYU game day guarantee against Wyoming tomorrow night? Let's hear from you, BYU SN in voice of the nation at Dallin WBYU on Twitter says BYU oh, covers, BYU covers the spread. Agreeing with one of your guarantees, yeah. Jeremy. 21 and a half right now, and does so by dominating the trenches and establishing the run. So Dallin WBYU BYU is right in line with your
1: guarantees. Got to do it. BYU's go- not going to need to throw like they did against Oregon because they were behind. Although, BYU passed for a lot. But, which, by the way, at some point, I want a 400-yard game from Jaron Hall. Okay. Like for his NFL stock okay. and BYU's sake, first and Chuck foremost. Chuck it all over the field. A 400-yard game for Jaren. Okay. Because we know he takes care of the ball. We know he's efficient. makes great throws. He needs to put up some stats in a couple of games here. Mm.
0: Puka and Gunner returning
1: potentially could help out with be, that. Yeah, right? Okay. This might be one. Who knows? Maybe next week. Puka and know. Gunner are the big play receivers. But establish. Well, Chase Roberts' like, yo, you boys right here. Okay, <laughs> join us tomorrow night at 8 Eastern time as gets you ready for BYU, ranked 19th in the country against Wyoming, as the Cougars prepare for perhaps the end of an era against the uh, Pokes. 8 Eastern on BYU TV. Yeah, who knows? Uh, we also found time for Dennis Pitta. Hey!
0: There's good reason Dennis for this, people. He's in studio Yeah, as well. baby. Is he going to a workout right after? <laughs> What's going on We'll here? ask him next. <laughs> Why is Dennis in studio? Big time. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living.
1: When you think of BYU,
0: We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan, as you can see. Joining us... I always
1: say we we ran out of time. Today we did not. We absolutely
0: have time for Dennis Pitta. And there is good reason for this. Dennis is part of a very prestigious... 2022 BYU Athletic Hall of Fame induction ceremony tonight. Dennis, congratulations. Congratulations, dude. One on graduating so that you could, uh, you know, make yourself eligible for this and then being inducted.
2: (laughs) And that's a big part of it. People don't realize. You have to be graduated. You have to actually be a legitimate alumni to get this Hall of Fame nod. So, had to take care of that first and Unfortunately, I was able to do that. As we
1: sadly chronicled recently, but Jim McMahon took a long time to get this. Yeah, I mean, how
2: long ago did Jim get in? 2014. Yeah, not that long ago. Yes, and unfortunately, Jim's, uh,
1: you know, that ceremony was during the Utah State game, moments after Taysom breaks his leg. And it's like the worst possible situation, (laughs) which just stunk for Jim. But what does this mean to you? Because obviously uh, your career at BYU, it's been a sec, but like there's a 10-year minimum, I think, Like, we could have done this had you graduated in 2019, maybe? Yeah, I
0: don't know. 2020, there's no fans. Dennis, blame it on COVID, 2020. So basically, what's your
2: problem? I I was going to get it in 2020. There was a pandemic, apparently. (laughs) Um, No, I don't know all the criteria that goes into it. Um, I I know that I came to Austin Collies. I think it was two years ago right, during the yeah. pandemic. So that doesn't hold water anymore, that excuse. Oh yeah, okay. So um, <laughs> I, I introduced Austin at his banquet thing and all that. And so I got to kind of see it firsthand. And I remember just talking to, I think it was Duff Tittle. He's like, hey, just so you know, you got to graduate, dude. And like, at that moment, I was like- You, you realized know, at that moment you weren't graduated? Yeah, at that moment I realized I'm not graduated. <laughs> That's funny. No, um, Jayton, just let me finish, please. <laughs> not- okay. <laughs> okay, don't interrupt me while I'm telling a story. Thank you, Dustin. Um, <laughs> thank you. So, did they really call you Jayton, By the way, yeah, some guys would call me I, Jerome's way better. I know. I'm not even sure what your real name is, to be honest. I don't with know either. I haven't seen the birth certificate. <laughs> yeah. So I don't even remember what story I was telling. Yeah. Uh, yeah Austin. Oh, yeah.
1: Duff's talking to
2: you. Yeah. So Duff was yeah. talking to me, and and so that, in that moment I realized, you know what? And seeing Austin be able to go through all that, it was really cool. And and not that I expected to be in the BYU Hall of Fame or anything like that, but wait, what I do thought, you mean? I I just thought, listen, if 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 this is potential for me and. And, you know, someone like Duff was kind of hitting it, like, listen, you got to finish. So I, 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 that motivated me enough to go back to school and, and, and get it done. Because when you're 10, 15 years removed from school, reapplying and doing not reapplying, but getting back into it and, and getting back, taking tests and all that, it's, it's tough sledding right there. So Good to was, know
1: you're not self-motivated. But uh, <laughs> shout I'm out not. to Duff for reminding you. And of course you were going to be in the Hall of Fame. You were unbelievable here, man. I mean, listen. I know but, you're being humble, but like, seriously. You were a Hall
2: of Famer like Well, the, I appreciate that.
1: After your junior year, probably. That's you know maybe I mean? the
2: nicest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I do appreciate that. And listen, I, I, I look back on my BYU career, and I'm incredibly grateful for all that I was able to accomplish because my BYU career, as you guys know, did not start, you know, very high profile. It was of humble beginnings. And I came to BYU, and I was Dustin. You were Dustin, yes. You know? I literally changed my name Gary to Croton. Dustin just so Gary Croton knew who I was. Dusty Buns from Stranger <laughs> that's, Things. That's right. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, to be in this position now and to be able to look back and, and see all that I've accomplished at BYU is, is pretty remarkable and, and pretty humbling for me um, considering everything that I went through.
1: With the helmet flying off so often, did you ever think you'd be a Hall of Famer after that? It's like, can I even keep my helmet on? I know. I can't alone... even properly
2: strap my helmet on. How are they going to put me... <laughs> Am I gonna get the of ball. hall of fame? Yeah, that was always a challenge at BYU. It was never a challenge in the NFL. I don't know why. With your helmet? Yeah, my helmet. My yeah. I I can't remember a single time in the NFL where my helmet came off. Maybe you know college they just hit harder. <laughs> okay, okay. But it was never an issue. I, I don't know. I I can't really explain it. In but, spite of that, you yeah. Yeah, it came My home. BYU helmet just didn't fit right. Yeah. Yes,
0: Dennis Pitta, not Dustin. Dennis Pitta, BYU Athletic Hall of Fame and Ducky is with us on BYU Sports Nation. I interviewed Austin Collie. Uh, who is going to do like a little video interview about you. Spoiler and,
2: alert. I mean, he, <laughs> I knew that actually. Yeah,
0: He said some <laughs> incredibly kind things about you. But one of the things I liked the most that he said about you was, and he, and he pointed to he, like, himself and Max at first, and he's like, look, Max and I were very intense. Like we wanted to like all football all the time. And yeah. sometimes that kind of like it kind of pushed guys away from us. Like you're, you're too much for me. And he said, Dennis had this incredible ability to be like zoned in and locked in like, focus at all the right moments, but still be incredibly likable. So everybody loved Dennis regardless. Like, all 130 players on the roster loved Dennis. And Max and I, pretty much nobody liked us.
2: (laughs) 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 Too intense? I mean, there's some truth to that. You know, like, listen, I, I was fortunate enough to play with Max and Austin because they taught me a lot about competitiveness, about work ethic, all those kind of things that really served me well from my BYU career on. And uh, I, I owe those guys a ton because I, I kind of followed a lot of their example and stuff like that. But, but I'm very different personality-wise than Max and Austin in, in football. And that's completely true. And Max says that a lot, too. You know, we, we were coaching together out in Arizona for a long time. And uh, Max would always say, listen, I always want Dennis around because he can kind of calm me down. And, and, and you know, I, I just feel like I, I am the personality that never takes anything too seriously. And I know I'm always pretty serious with you guys, so you hadn't seen that side of me. But um, <laughs> second best number thirty-two I just, I, in BYU. If, if history, I can't yeah. enjoy doing something and I can't like be myself and have fun doing it, then then I struggle to be any good at it. And so football for me, I I wanted to be really good, and I worked hard, and I did all those things. But like if I couldn't enjoy myself and I couldn't have fun in the process, then you know it, it wasn't for me. So that was always a something I tried to interject in, in everything and. Um, you know, Max and Austin, I, I, I always tried to bring levity to the situation when they were a little bit jacked up and, and intense, but um, I think it worked for us. It was kind of a balance between, you know, their personalities and mine. Did a
1: story, is there a story there in game where you ever did something or said something that
2: loosened the mood when it was tense or anything come to mind? There? I don't know. I, I, I'm always the one, like, for example, with, with Max and I in coaching, you know, Max is... He'll turn around and he'll he'll hear guys like kind of not paying attention talking, and I'll be in the middle of that circle. In the back, <laughs> You're he'll, the yeah, one distracting. He'll yell back at the players, kind of indirectly at me, and guys, you know, he's yelling, "I'm guys, pay attention, focus." And I'm always the one kind of distracting everybody. So, <laughs> as I, special teams coordinator, as right. a, as a special teams coordinator and uh, wide receivers coach, yes. But, um, you know, I, I just, I, I think you got to have fun in, in anything you're doing. And, uh, you know, that might be distracting at times, <laughs> I'm sure. And Max might get frustrated with that and, and all that. But um, I think it works. You, you have to have different types of personalities on a team. If everybody was too intense, you know, everybody would kind of be, be too on edge. Yes. I think you have to have that kind of quiet um, confidence and relaxation within Kind of that intensity that has to be there as well. Plus, Robert and I is just screaming R- at you. Robert you and I, got- you know, he was such a laid-back, cool dude. <laughs> <laughs> Robert and I was in Syracuse, as intense the as they way. come. Yeah, to be completely honest. Yeah. And uh, so if <laughs> if I didn't bring levity to our tight end room, because he was our tight end coach. Oh boy. It would have been. It would have been. Difficult. So uh, he's crushing it at Syracuse right now. Yes, yeah, they're doing he, he really and Jason well. Jason
0: Beck, three zero. I haven't. Right I haven't
2: been following Syracuse football. But yeah, I no one team. really does since Donovan yeah. McNabb. But, so, Micah <laughs>
0: Simon also involved as an offensive analyst That's right. on that. Squad. Is he?
2: That's awesome. Yeah. And I, listen, Network Jr. They brought all the homies. Coach and I has had success pretty much everywhere as an offensive coordinator. I mean, yep. they, they did great things at Virginia with Bronco there, and so yep. um, it, his methods work, you know. But his method is not my method, you know, and and <laughs> we have different approaches, personality-wise, to the game. Um, but that, but I think that's why on those teams in particular, it worked a lot because we had a bunch of different personalities and guys that approached it different ways. And, um, yeah, I think, I I think you have to have that.
1: That's what BYU needed at the time. Like BYU needed
2: Bronco to sort of stabilize the discipline
1: and be this sort of military, uh, type sense, uh, thing there, which by the way, do you
2: want him to jump back in college football? Oh, I would love it. I, I look back at my time with Bronco and, and, I'm incredibly grateful that Bronco was our coach, because like you said, I I came from Gary Croton. I left on my mission and, and, you know, nothing against Gary Croton, but there was there was not enough discipline within the program. I mean, guys were getting in trouble. There was just it was just too relaxed of kind of a vibe there. And and guys were getting away with too much. So Bronco came in. It was complete polar opposite. And he really dialed things in and and brought that discipline and that work ethic and, Mm. and everything that BYU needed at that time to establish a foundation to build from. And, uh, and so he was the perfect guy for that situation. And he was a perfect coach for me, in my opinion. And uh, because I, I needed that structure, I needed that same kind of foundation because I can take things a little too uh, lightly at times, you know, and, 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 and uh, so that kind of work ethic and everything that he instilled in me as a, as a young player, um, I, I think was huge for my career as well.
0: So speaking of the tight end room currently, uh a, yeah, shake it's a little up. different now. Major right? shakeup this yep. week, obviously, with yeah. Dallin Holker announcing that he's entering the transfer portal and he wants to he probably utilize his redshirt year. That's why he's doing it now so they can have two years wherever he goes. But that's a, that's a shock to the system, right? For because sure. BYU and Kalani are so big on culture. Um, and so this comes as kind of a, like a, a major surprise. How do you expect the transfer of Dallin Holker to impact the BYU tight ends room right now?
2: Well, it's a big loss. It really is. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I, I, I got to know Dallin a little bit just leading up to this season. I, I met him in the offseason, and, and I've talked to him on the phone a couple different times. And um, he's a great kid, number one. And he's a hard worker. I mean, the first time I met him, he had his wife shooting jug machine balls at him. <laughs> and, you know, they're like newly married. They might have even been engaged. And she's an athlete. She no, She's I, what is she track? I think she's a track, D- athlete? track athlete. yeah. Yeah, so, like, knows what it takes. the dude's pulling his wife over just in off time in the offseason and, and catching more balls. Like, he, he has a work ethic, and he wants to be a great player. And I think I think BYU messed up a little bit in not utilizing him more. And I, I've been saying this from the beginning. Like, they have to find a way. When you have two talented tight ends, like you do in Isaac Rex and you had in Dallin Holker. You dealt with this. Yeah, I mean, you and Andrew, Andrew George, George. And I. I mean, it, and it is such a weapon to have two guys who can block, now, I couldn't block, but, but they can, right? Finally, you admit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll always admit that. All right, Andrew could block. I couldn't block. Could block, yeah. But to have two guys who can block at the line of scrimmage, but also be able to split out and run routes and, and be just total mismatches in, in the back end, I mean, it's such an advantage. And I, and I really do feel like BYU is underutilizing those matchups, especially early in the season when you don't have your top two wide receivers in Gunner and Puka out on the field. Like, we should have seen Dallin Holker get a lot more balls. And I think that's played into his frustration early in the season. Because going in the season, you talk to Dallin, um, you talk to Roderick, you talk to those guys, like, he was going to be a big part of things. And you just didn't see it through the first few games, for whatever reason. And and you just didn't see him in position a lot. And I'm not putting this on Jaron Hall, because I I didn't see him in position a lot to where he was the number one guy in a progression, or or kind of the number one receiver in, in a route. Should Isaac Rex be the
1: number one, though, given what Isaac's done the last couple of years? The number one tight end? Yes. For sure. Uh, are you talking about with Dallin? Yeah, when you say Dallin should be the number one or whatever, it's like, well, BYU has a lot of options at receiver. At it, It's a crowded room. I think that's where the problem is,
2: Dennis. There's a lot of talented guys there. Right, but, but Isaac wasn't in those positions either, is my point, mm. right? And, and I think even Isaac would admit that Dallin's more of a receiver than he is. I think I look at Isaac as more of a complete tight end. He's more physical at the line of scrimmage. He's a better blocker um, and, and also incredibly capable and has great hands and, and catch radius and all that as a receiver. But Dallin's more the receiving tight end. Yeah, like you and Johnny, Johnny types? Me and Johnny? No, Dal- and Dallin's more Dallin. comparable to you and oh, Johnny Is, is that-, that? I was like – I didn't necessarily play with Johnny. I did play with Johnny, actually. Well, I mean, Johnny Harleen and you, more of the receiver tight end. For sure. Gotcha. Uh, that's how I view Dallin more so in that mold. Gotcha. Um, and, and I'm not saying Isaac is just a blocking tight end because he's incredibly capable. The dude scored 12 touchdowns his freshman year. And so, uh, but, but, but Dallin needs to be in those positions where he can be the number one guy in a progression for a quarterback. And I didn't see that. I mean, really, you saw his ability in, in garbage time in that Oregon game. He had like three or four catches in a row at the end of that game. And you're sitting there realizing like, why wasn't this guy more involved early on? And I just felt like he should have been. And I felt like it should have been from the, from the start of this season. Because when you have weapons like that on the inside, you can just, you can just really hurt defenses and, and create such incredible mismatches. NFL offenses all understand this. You know, if they have two good tight ends, guess what? Both those guys are gonna be on routes constantly. You know, and if you have one good tight end, that guy's most likely your, your highest targeted guy in a lot of cases. Yeah. Travis Kelsey, a Darren Waller, those kind of guys. Mark Andrews for the Ravens right now. I mean, he's getting more targets than, than all their receivers combined right now because he's a great tight end. And so I just think BYU missed the mark a little bit in utilizing those guys. And that's a big reason why Dallin transferred. I think he was frustrated with his role. He thought it would be a bigger year for him this year, and it just wasn't. So he wants to go to a spot where he can really prove himself because I believe he's an NFL guy. Yeah. I really do. And I think Isaacs is an NFL guy. And I think those guys need more opportunities.
0: Dennis Pitt is with us on BYU Sports Nation. We need to ask you about Wyoming because you know what it's like to play against Wyoming. And we yeah. think this might be the last game that BYU has against Wyoming for quite a while. It's a shame it's not in Laramie. <laughs>
2: it's such a beautiful <laughs> place. <Finn laughs>
0: yeah. What advice do you have for this year's BYU football team about playing against and preparing for the quote-unquote typical Wyoming team?
2: Yeah, Wyoming's always tough. You know, they, they just have, you know, tough cowboys or what, whatever you want to call them, right? And uh, they're going to be physical. They're going to want to, you know, rough you up and, and all that. It's not going to be a finesse game. And so BYU, um, you know, and I think you, going back to that Oregon game, as a fan, you're, you were a little bit disappointed in the physicality they brought to that game. I mean, Oregon just kind of beat them in the trenches up and down the field. And so you have to come in with a completely different mindset in this game against Wyoming because Wyoming's going to want to do the same thing. They're going to want to beat you up in the trenches, and they're going to want to be tough, and they're going to hit you late, and they're going to do all those different things to try and get in your head and, and, and do that and be physical because they think you know, there's, there's you know, a blueprint now to how to BYU just out-physical them at the line of scrimmage. And so BYU's got to really establish that early. And I think if they do, you know, this, this can be a runaway because Wyoming's not as talented as BYU. We know that, you know, they don't have the skill position players like they do. They don't have a Jaron Hall on the other side, but, but they're going to be physical. They're going to be, you know, nasty and a little bit dirty and, and BYU's got to manage themselves and kind of control their emotions and just play physical, tough, you know, high execution football And, and it should be a good day. Now, I, I hope that, you know, for my sake that this is a good game, but that we win because you know, I'm going to be honored at halftime. Well, if they screw this up for me, know, I'm going to be upset. I don't know. Don't interrupt me, Jayden. Okay? It's Jayton. It's Jayden. Jayden. <laughs> Sorry. Jerome, go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm waiting for you to finish. No, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> now you're done? Yeah, I'm done. You don't, don't care know. about a sec- the second half. You only care about the first half. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're honored at halftime. That's true. I'm out at halftime. <laughs> yeah. I got young kids. I may not even stick around for the second half. I will, actually. I, I like BYU football. That was a joke. Yeah. Dennis,
0: congratulations. Thank you, guys. In all sincerity, on uh, being an inductee for the 2022 BYU Athletic Hall of Fame. That's, and that's tonight.
2: Very For people cool. that know, if you didn't get the invite, don't show Who's up. Who's on scene tonight? Did they choose they chose Spencer? Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I wasn't I'm sure. I'm not involved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do they have like a broadcaster's hall of fame, like BYU broadcaster's hall of fame? One day. We'll just create well, our own and throw Spencer's ourselves on it. track. <laughs> Spencer, you are on track. <laughs> From, it's not for everyone. It's,
1: it's going to be
2: Jay Monson. Paul
1: James, <laughs> Greg Rubel, Spencer Kent Linton.
2: Oh, my
0: goodness. And Jayton Jordan.
1: And Jayton Jordan. <laughs> Jayton. One then day. It's great to hey, catch I like up that good. name better than your real name. How dare you. <laughs> it's it's, got it's got in a nice the, ring to it. It's in the Book of Mormon. How dare you. Take
0: us to break, Jayton. <laughs>
1: Coming up, Greg Rumbell, <laughs> Riley Nelson, and Mitchell Juergens. <clears throat> uh, mm-hmm. 8 Eastern tomorrow on BYU Radio. They'll get you ready for this game where at halftime, Five of the six notable inductees will be honored from BYU.
0: Plus, (laughs) who's the best one-loss team in college football right now? BYU is somewhat included in this conversation. Are the Cougars the best one? I got a clear
1: answer on this one. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by
3: the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
1: This is BY Sports Nation. Make sure you follow us on social media from Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, to pick up. Full disclosure, we barely got to the chairs and from yep. over there. Just That's what talk. happens in a live show. Just talking to Dennis. That's what happens in Just a live talking show? Talking our ears off. We're like, hey, we got a TV show. Please stop talking to us. We're going to need you on camera
0: in like six seconds. So <laughs> Literally. <laughs> 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 he is Jerem Jordan. I'm Spencer Linton. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip represented presented by Maris, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner.
1: Okay Spence, Fox College Football asks who the best one-loss college football team is. What's your answer to this and why is it BYU? Uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's unbelievably not BYU, it is Oregon. I okay. agree. Utah, Baylor, Oregon and then it says other but Jaron Hall and BYU are pictured in yeah. this graphic because yep. they're just on the outskirts potentially. Um, I mean, the case against everyone else besides Oregon is stronger uh, because who has Utah beaten? Baylor lost head-to-head against BYU.
1: BYU just lost to Oregon, who's on the list. So through three weeks, like, it's Oregon. It's Oregon. You don't punish them for the Georgia performance, and you value them for the BYU performance.
0: The, what we need to say about the, the Georgia game, that was like a road game, okay? It was like playing at Georgia. It was in Atlanta. Semi-away, as they say. Yes. BYU Women's Volleyball, we mentioned, gets a sweep over LMU. What do you expect against 17th ranked Pepperdine in the Smithfield House tomorrow? A
1: great match. BYU 60 and 2 in WCC home games under Heather Olmsted the last eight years. The, uh, the two losses, by the way, are to San Diego. Mm-hmm. It was ranked number four. I expect a great match. Can BYU pull this off? They've got to clean up some things, Spence.
0: This would be big time for sure. Uh, I expect a BYU win, but it's, this is, this feels like a four or five set match. Let's
1: go. That's the BYU-Baylor game, TV gave out these uh, clear bags to fans as they entered the stadium. Yep, so
0: let's, uh, let's go ahead and show these off. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, now we uh, get this tweet from Clint, uh, Colin Bishop. My BYU Sports Nation bag is working like charms at airports. TSA always takes the grits for further inspection. I don't know what that means, but my dad had grits for breakfast okay. yesterday on his birthday. Now I don't have them rummaging through my entire bag. Nathan Young also weighs in. So I came home from work a week and a half ago and found one of these on my kitchen table. I live in Oklahoma. I learned that my son's math teacher got it while supporting her Baylor Bears. Gave it to my son. He's been known to wear BYU swag occasionally. <laughs> Spencer, what's the actual purpose of these bags? Uh, I I have no idea, Jerem. Is it a scripture case? Yeah,
0: maybe. Is that what we gave I to mean, the people? It, it could be, it could be. Phone holder? It, phone hold that's a big freaking no, phone. like You keep your things in it for game day, like a water bottle, a phone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anything else you take with you to the stadium that is approved? I Hopefully don't know. A take
1: home great memories. The
0: question is, do you wear it on your hip or do you wear it like like around your waist or do you wear it over your shoulder? Over the shoulder, like Jamal. No, okay. he's a
1: fanny pack he's, yeah, Yes, you're right. exactly you're right. right. Okay, coming up Saturday, as mentioned, big volleyball match, three Eastern time, 16th ranked BYU, 17th ranked Pepperdine, three Eastern time on BYU TV and the app. Up next, we introduce you
0: to BYU basketball legend, Tim Schloss. <laughs> they also call him Slick Nick. Not really sure why that's a thing, but it is. This is BYU Sports Nation. This is so good. Woo! This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. We are live in Studio B on a Friday. Yesterday, BYU basketball head coach Mark Pope decided to have a little fun during walk on tryouts, and uh, he enlisted one Jimmer Fredette to help him out with these walk on tryouts. Or should we say he enlisted Tim Slick Nick Schloss? <laughs> Enjoy.
1: I start thinking everything, I'm like, who is this guy? I didn't know it was him until Coach Pope said something about it. Man, that's Jimmer. Super cool opportunity to be able to play with Jimmer.
3: Cougar Nation, what's up? This is Jimmer Fredette here, and we are going undercover to walk-on tryouts. Can't wait, about to make some shots. Slick Nick's about to destroy this tryout. Here for tryouts. Thank you. Appreciate, Appreciate you. How are you, coach? What's your name? Timmy. Timmy? Timmy, Timmy Schloss. Timmy Schloss. Timmy, Schloss. Timmy. Timmy Schloss. Friends call me Slick Nick, though. Slick Nick? Yeah. And From so- Cincy want us to Either way. Whatever feels comfortable to you. Clap it up. Get the sweat going early. Nice. I got you. My fault. My fault. Can't go under. I'm in Merrill Hall, the dorms. I got you. Oh, 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 pass. Finish that. I'm the, I'm here, I'm here. Hey, good job. I'm a freshman. I'm from Cincinnati. Uh, are you 18? 19. Hey! So Jim, I recognize
1: you so far, man. That's
3: it. Eight. Eight. Four. One. Two. You want to keep going? Woo! Good job. Good job. Right? Make sure you get that yeah, same yeah. guy here. Reverse, reverse. We got four men up here. Three. Four. Get to come in here and walk in this gym, especially when he's having to get a play. What's up guys? Jimmer for that. (laughs) No. You got the fat suit on man. It's fun. I don't know how that stomach was doing. Good job, fellas. Good to see you guys. So you're not from Cincinnati? I'm not from Cincinnati. I'm from upstate New York. Off-state of New York. Good to see you guys.
1: Hey, Cougars on three. Ready? One, two, three.
0: <laughs> Slick
1: Nick from
0: Cincinnati.
1: Yeah, you're a freshman? You're 18? Tim Schloss.
0: His name is Tim Schloss, and we're supposed to call him Slick Nick. Slick hey, Nick. Whatever.
1: Tim Schloss, which he was handed that uh, hoodie. Which, by the way, I saw all the gear in the makeup room today. I was like, oh, the remnants of Slick Nick. Yeah. Yeah, fun, fun uh, kind of rip off, uh, you know, what, what happened with Eli Manning the other Chad day. Powers. Chad, Chad, Chad Powers. Best Chad Powers. Fast Chad. Fast Chad. Chad runs fast. Fast Chad. So funny. I, I could see that form anywhere in the world and be like, that's Jim Fredette. Because that arm is straight as, as oh, man. an arrow. Like it's so that pure. That form is so, it's so freaking pure. pure. That's yeah. fun. And uh, Jimmer will never need a fat suit. That guy is hot <laughs> <cut laughs> still. Jeez. Monday at 9 Eastern, join us for BYU men's basketball season preview. Live from day one of practice, coaches mic'd up in the Marion Center. It's going to be awesome. Ty Haas and I will be there on BYU TV. Will
0: Timmy Schloss be there is the real question. Perhaps. Stay tuned, Slick Nick. There's room for you at practice. Uh, up next, will Jerem get his first BYU Sports Nation fantasy football victory this week? Got something up your sleeve? A fat suit. This is
1: BYU Sports Nation. Wearing a fat suit. This BYU
3: best. Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain
1: America the official credit union of BYU Athletics. If you haven't already, download the BYU TV and Please BYU do. Radio apps. On demand, subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it, baby. It's,
0: it's pretty simple, actually. Uh, also pretty simple are the straightforward dynamics of BYU Sports Nation fantasy football. It's a fantasy football Friday. We're making our selections. I'm 3-0. Jerem's on three. He's trying to get on the board in the victory column this week. Here are the rules. Probably not. We each have seven current or former BYU players on our rosters. Each week we pick three from those seven player rosters who will start. Each week we can replace one player via the waiver wire. Whoever lost the prior week gets first choice on the waiver wire. So, Jerem, do you have a waiver wire selection? I do
1: not, so go ahead if you've got one.
0: All right, on the waiver wire, I am dropping Peyton Wilgar this week. Okay. To pick up Jamal Williams for the Detroit Lions. Very nice. Uh, I feel like Jamal has a good matchup this week, just might sneak one of those touchdowns, goal line, star, you know, situations. So I'm picking him up on my team. All right, who are your starters?
1: I am making a waiver wire pickup now that you dropped Peyton. I'm dropping Jake Oldroyd and picking up Peyton wow. but he's. But I'm not going to start him, okay? I take it back, I keep Jake. <laughs> Here are my starters, Chris Brooks. I need Jake later, he's going to score points. Chris Brooks, Ben Bywater, BYU's leading tackler. Mm-hmm. Chase Roberts, new starter this week. I did not play him last week. Okay. These are my starters. Chris Brooks, show up for me, baby! Yeah, yeah. Listen, if,
0: if uh, Gunner and Puka do not play, Chase Roberts is a great, great play here.
1: He could be I, big time. It's great play of the way, because he's my only receiver. <laughs> okay, <laughs> my starters,
0: Jaron Hall, okay? Uh, he's been my go-to guy. Then I'm going to go with a couple of NFL dudes, mm-hmm. Fred Warner and my recent waiver wire pickup, Jamal Williams.
1: I like your group. Kay. I like your group. Jaren. I'm about to go on four.
0: Fred and Jamal hopefully lead me to a fourth consecutive victory in our head-to-head fantasy. Ken,
1: I'm waiting for Zach Wilson. I need Zach Wilson back.
0: Yes. Once Zach Wilson gets back, things
1: get very interesting. I also forgot he plays for the Jets, though. Hey, the Jets so just
0: good. had a 300-yard passer in Joe Flacco for the first time in like 20 years.
1: Let's go. All
0: right, uh, our question of the day. What is your BYU game day guarantee for the contest against Wyoming? Our elite voice of the day presented by Pax Healthcare Elevated. Borges Tire, Brandon Borge says, BYU will have the best uniforms on the field. That oh, is his no game day guarantee.
1: No doubt. We Navy, got the...
0: So white helmets, Navy, Navy jersey, Navy. Navy pants.
1: White Navy, Navy.
0: Okay. Today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Pretty cool situation happening on Saturday
1: night. This has been in the works for a long time. And uh, the Black 14 are going to be honored. Two members of that group who in 1969 played for Wyoming, wanted to wear armbands to protest BYU, were then kicked off the team for just the idea. Tomorrow they will be honored at the game. Spence, so You're going to talk to two members from yes, town who went down who have worked with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints on Trying to get rid of hunger, right? And healing um, uh, there. The BY Communications Department has done a tremendous job of an article and now a documentary that tonight at the Varsity Theater in the Wilkinson Center will premiere and be on demand as well soon on the BY TV app. So this is going to be a great weekend to honor those guys now in Provo, which, listen, in the 60s, you never would have thought this would have ever happened. It's great that it's happening tomorrow.
0: Absolutely, so cool that uh, Wyoming in, in 2016 brought those guys back, gave them their Letterman's jackets, oh, and, and had just an amazing ceremony. Documentary is really, really cool. A lot of really uh, insightful things in that, and so I encourage you all to go and watch it.
1: I'm excited to see it. Yeah, it's going to be great. Great stuff. And okay. shout out to the students who did it. Yeah,
0: this the, is a the Daily University Communications Department.
1: They're For doing sure. great work over there.
0: All right, our thanks to today's guest, Hall of Famer Dennis Pitta.
1: How about, well, until well, not yet, not yet. Should we, should we give a shout-out to Slick Nick, too? <laughs> and Slick Nick. Uh, we had time for Dennis today, so there's <laughs> that.
0: We're Jerem Jordan. I'm Spencer Linton. Shout-out to the Phantom, Eldon Fortai. We'll see you tomorrow for volleyball at 3 Eastern, and then BYU Sports Station game day at 8 Eastern. Go Cougs. Hi there. Welcome to BYU Athletic.